0: Welcome to your American heritage. My name is Ed Bondarenka, you know, and I'm not.
1: Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist.
0: Because fluffy is for soy boys and pillows. So working the board and the phone lines is Derek Stone, who also, he hosts Stone Cold Sports Sundays at noon 30. Right after my friend Sean Todd, the rock and rev on the intersection at noon. It's not your normal fluffy Christian show. Let's start out with, uh, For my Catholic friends, I wanna point out it's Lent, okay? We had Ash Wednesday and Punchkeys this week, but you don't have to worry about denying yourselves stuff. Biden has that covered, okay? You'll be denied a lot of stuff. It's day 409 of the coup, the theft of the American government by enemies both foreign and domestic. They want you to bow down and worship Caesar to make the government your God, your provider, a government not for the people or by the people, but by the theft of an election. Now we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. This is spiritual warfare, good versus evil. There are people who want us to go to war to defend Ukraine, to defend her borders and her people. Well, how about we go to war against a government that won't defend our borders? How about we go to war against the government that took our fellow citizens as prisoners last January 6th? How about we go to war against the government that, is, that locked us in our houses, forced us to show papers to travel, or get a shot of an untested concoction that the truth is finally coming out about in the mainstream media? That it hurts people, that it kills people, that it lingers in your system, that it converts to DNA and it doesn't just go away. No. How about we go to battle? Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge. Please clasp your hands and fingers together. Those fingers and hands that God gave you, bow your heads and let's go to war. Father, thank you for this country that you have placed us in. Help us to protect and preserve this gift that you have given us. Please lead us and guide us today and in the days to come. Please restore the political prisoners in DC to their freedom. Please continue to awaken the American people from their slumber, those that are not aware of the danger. Please cause there to be a great awakening in this country, a big spiritual awakening. Please help us retake the government from the traitors and criminals that have stolen it. And please move mightily and either bring those oppressors to a place of repentance or imprisonment, remove from power those who threaten our livelihood and income, the income and livelihood that you gave us to support your work and to support our families, those that would rob from us and our children by excess taxation and inflation. They're stealing from us, Lord. Those who would imprison and assault us for opposing, for speaking out against their evil totalitarian plans for this nation, I ask that if they will not repent, that you destroy them, that you will protect us, Amen. Now, I'm running a Bible study on Tuesday nights in my house, just a small gathering of friends. And we're studying the book of Judges. And about every 40 to 80 years, Israel would fall away. And then they'd be under oppression by the Philistines, typically. The ungodly, let's say. And then God would raise up somebody, a judge, a Samson, um, a Deborah. Somebody who would lead the nation back to righteousness. And we need that right now. We need somebody to lead this nation back to righteousness. Let's pray that that person shows up and that the American people respond to get out of the oppression we find ourselves under. I want to add another victim to the list of those who've been destroyed by Whitmer and her panic policies. So personal note, Hobbs restaurant has been closed after 87 years. I've been dining there for 40 of them. My wife and I'd go there with friends and listen to the Depot Town Big Band with Fiona. <laughs> But it was Fiona in the depot town big band singing uh, Am I Blue because a piece of our heritage is gone and it's been killed, killed by government policy. Now I have a guest on hold and I'm looking forward to talking to her and I think you'll enjoy the conversation and perhaps join in. But right now I want to speak to the recent news. First, we had a State of the Union address by the guy who stole the White House, a guy who gives lip service to protecting our border. While letting in millions of illegal aliens and then flying them around the country to disperse them in various communities secretly on our, and I mean your taxpayer dime. Then he touted energy policies that are killing and will kill Americans, not to mention embroil us in wars. We all know that we were an energy exporter until January of 2021 when he was inaugurated. Now he wants to import oil from his friends in Iran. You know, Death to America, Iran. He stopped the pipeline from Israel because it threatened his friends' profits. I bet most of you didn't know about the major energy finds off the coast of Israel. <laughs> Moses predicted this. I remember somebody telling me this, oh, it must have been 40 years ago in the 80s. They were saying that they are going to find oil in Israel. And it seemed funny. Israel was the one country in the Middle East that didn't have oil. And then Moses said in Deuteronomy, Thirty-two, thirteen. he made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. And then 33, 24 says, and of Asher, he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Well, there is a huge oil and gas reserve just off the coast of Israel, but it's within Israel's territorial waters. And of course there was a big legal fight about oh who really owns this any other country didn't know who owned it but Israel no with a uh, um oh uh, uh, the BDS uh movement uh there's just no way that they wanted that to go but Israel got its hands on it and then there was a pipeline that was supposed to go from that oil field to Greece and one of the first things after the Americans partnered and said we will support this and help provide financing Biden shut it down. Okay. So I tried watching the State of the Union, but it was tragic. The thief in chief, paid agent of China, the country now allied with Russia. So, you know, China, who paid off Biden, is now allied with Russia. And then this man, Biden, is talking to us, and behind him was a woman with no qualifications. Except for, and you'll have to excuse the French, fornicating her way to power as the next in line. That's that's Kamala Harris. And then next to her was the next in line after her, a drunk, corrupt harridan who got visibly excited when Biden spoke of American soldiers being harmed by toxic burn piles. Stood up, smiling, rubbing her knuckles together. Second, Ukraine. If Joe Biden is for it, whatever it is, if Joe Biden is for it, I'm against it. Whatever it is. I'm against it. Thank you, Groucho. Now he's sending in Kamala Harris to calm things down over there. This woman. Now, this is the woman he's sending.
2: So, Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country, Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So, Basically, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it goes against everything that we stand for.
0: Yeah, yeah, she should have been a school teacher, maybe third grade or something like that. But even then they'd get confused by stuff like this.
2: It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it's time for us to agree. This whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And
0: I mean, I- you know, there is a, a, I've noticed that when she speaks at times, especially when she's under stress, there's this fearful quality about her voice. There's this tremor in her voice. I can't mimic. You could hear it just there a little bit. And then a nervous laughter. There's there's a, an out of her league um, experience that she knows she has, that she is totally out of her depth. And this is the woman we're sending to calm things down. It makes you wonder what the real motives are. Do we really want to calm things down over there? Um, you know, when people ask me, uh, what is the world coming to? I usually answer the end, but you got to read Bible to see that, you know, it's in the book of Revelation, very clear. So I want you to know I'm opposed to Putin invading Ukraine. I am for Ukrainians defending themselves. But this is not 1939, and that is not the set in land, maybe. You have to wonder why the U.S. had so many bio labs there. That was first brought to my attention by Gary Wellings. And then the tweet got taken down. They didn't want you to know these bio labs were there. So, you know, Russia's behaving in perhaps Russia's own best interests. I'm not for a country invading another country. But, man, when it comes to taking sides here... I do not trust our foreign policy response in the hands of these buffoons. We need a Churchill, not a Chamberlain. I do know this whole mess is driven by oil and the power and wealth it represents and gives. But Ukraine is a mess of corruption. And so is Biden. Remember.
3: I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a
0: billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Yeah, that's not corruption. So he wouldn't send weapons before the invasion. He and Obama sent blankets. Trump sent javelins. That's part of what denied the Russian uh, small incursion that Biden had spoken of. That's what had uh, kept them at bay for some time. So- Who does Biden want to give $10 billion to and for what and why? Because it's kind of too late to send them weapons. Now, Clinton made promises to the Ukraine or to Ukraine, I should say, give up the nukes and we'll protect you. And then Biden didn't. It's just like when we promised uh, uh, Libya's dictator, Gaddafi, that if he gave up his nuke program, we wouldn't overthrow him. He gave him up and Obama and Clinton blew him away. That's how Dems roll. So Remember, we just came out of over 20 years in Afghanistan. And it wasn't a pretty picture how we got out of there. So somebody thinks we should go to war against Russia. Well, That's my take on the news. Now, on a cheerier note, I have a guest. And I talked to my guest first a few weeks ago in trying to uh, get access to another guest I thought you'd enjoy. That didn't work out so well. But I so enjoyed talking to this guest that I, I, my wife and I were both talking to her. Sherry and I were both talking to her. we says, we have got to have her on the show just for a conversation to talk about how things work and uh, how things go. And remember, I think our best hope for this country isn't a belief in Jesus Christ and a spiritual awakening that will in, in turn lead to votes in the polls. It'll lead to people <clears throat> praying. And that's what we need. So I would like you to welcome to the show Beth Merrillville. She's the author of uh, Closer Than Your Breath, which is a book of hope. And then she's also the president or, I don't know, chief operating officer of The Show Must Go On. And she and her husband also started um, a Christian music streaming service called Ruach. I know that's a tough one. Uh, Rick Dietering got that immediately, but it's R-U-A-C-H, Ruach, which means, oh, hi Beth, Beth. there she is. Hey, Hi, so what does Ruach mean in, in what language?
2: Ruach is Hebrew for breath of God. And it's actually in Genesis 1-2, when the spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God brooded over the face of the earth and when we were looking for a name as the Lord had told us that we were going to go back on the air then we were coming up with all of the names that Christian stations have and joy spirit and all that's fine but we were saying okay Lord what do you want us to call this and we went over every name especially being out here in kind of the desert we were going over um, The Well and Oasis and all those kind of things. We had had another station out in wine country called The Vine. So we were trying to come up with something like that. And we were sitting at dinner with our pastor. And we just said, you know what, it's not coming. So why don't we just pause and let the Holy Spirit do it. And right about that time, our pastor just went "Rua." And when he said it the holy spirit grabbed my husband's heart and showed him exactly what it was going to sound like and then i went to the lord and said because this is what i do i go to the lord and say "Mm, maybe you haven't thought about this you know like i'm a good jewish mother helping jesus along (laughs) and so i said what people aren't going to understand they don't know ruach and he said yeah people didn't know kleenex and q-tip and tony and Reebok and Roku until somebody told them. And I said, right, right. And he said, what is the number one thing that has been on people's hearts and minds over the past two years? Breath, being afraid that they weren't going to be able to breathe. So breath of God. So I said, I rest my case. Thank you, you win (laughs) again. (laughs) Wow.
0: Well, so your pastor wasn't just, you know, clearing his throat and you misinterpreted it and it all rolled downhill from there, right? Right.
2: No? Yes. Well, even as as my husband, Doc is my husband, as he heard Ruach and knowing that what that word meant, he immediately did hear from the Holy Spirit of exactly what it was supposed to sound like. So in the background, and you've, you've heard Ruach, so you know, in the background, there are shofars, or a shofar and then this big huge beautiful voice who is our dear friend who was with fox news fox sports and he says ruach in a very big big voice because the breath of god is the breath that breathes life back in. You know, in Ezekiel 37 5, that he will breathe life back into those dry bones. So that's a big breath, although it can be a little breath too, right? As we know in the Old Testament that sometimes he's quiet. But for Ruach, it's a big breath. And I have something exciting to share with you as we talk about how the Lord is using those shofars. Uh oh.
0: I'm not hearing. Yeah, that's because I muted because I was moving stuff around trying to okay. get my earbuds yeah. to work. And, you know, that's that's how I roll. I mean, I did my first show, 35 minutes, nobody could hear me.
2: I oh, so Fortunately, I had
0: guests who knew radio. So, oh, so well, like yourself, you know radio. So yeah. let's back up a little. Um, Ruach was at the end of my notes. It's not okay. your fault. I brought it up. No, but,
2: I'm sorry. We can skip. Do what you well, want to do. Just, sure. Your time. Why don't you
0: tell us a little bit about yourself? Now, you used to have a company called The Show Must Go On. Do you still do that?
2: Yes, we do still have it. And actually, my husband and I are co-everything in life. So we are co-founders, co-president, co-runners of The Show Must Go On and Ruach and pretty much everything that he calls us to do. He was, um, yeah, he's my... He is the one the Lord brought to me to walk through life with, so we do life together. So the show must go on because I repped um, in just a miraculous way. When I was in such a desperate place in my life, the Lord brought an opportunity to me to start repping radio shows so syndicated shows like I'm going to use Casey Kasem as an example that's a syndicated show Rush Limbaugh was a syndicated show um Sean Hannity those are all syndicated shows and they have someone who calls radio station program directors and says would you like to carry our show or in some cases you must carry our show and I didn't know there was such a thing but i was right on the precipice of my life being destroyed satan was knocking at the door to come and steal kill and to destroy and my and this opportunity to rep these shows came up it started with an oldies show and then it went to bill bennett former secretary of education and first drugs are bill bennett michael medved hugh hewitt dennis prager um, Armed American Radio and Mike Gallagher, and so the Lord just prepared a way, opened the door for me to have a job, and so that's what I did for many years, and actually that's what I still do in some ways, and we can talk about that later. Did I answer that question? Okay.
0: Yes, I think so. Actually, I just got a text. Actually, uh. My co-host, I I co-host with him. It's his show, the show following this, uh, Pastor Rick Dietering. He asked if you could call in the second half of his show. I think you've intrigued him already. I knew that the word Ruach, he he fancies himself a Hebrew and Greek scholar.
2: Oh, that's incredible. So uh,
0: we'll we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, So you said that satan was trying to destroy your life you had some stuff coming against you was that the stuff that was the inspiration for your book closer than your breath
2: yes so when i was 14 the lord well let's just back up just a little bit when i was eight years old i accepted jesus and one month from then my brother who was 14 years older than i was killed in a car accident and he had been on a baseball scholarship in a little college in South Georgia and just absolutely loved it but the Vietnam War was happening and so he felt like that he couldn't just sit in college and be on a baseball scholarship while his friends and fellow Americans were fighting in Vietnam so he joined the Marines and he went in mother and daddy he was our only boy and their only son and so of course our lives just flipped upside down and of course they sent him right from paris island to camp pendleton close to where i live now to vietnam and then to vietnam again and he was on his way back for the third and final time when he was killed and so one month before that Mother and daddy had rededicated their lives to Jesus and I accepted Jesus and so there he was, Jesus, to walk that through with me as an eight-year-old because, you know, people are always thinking about the adults and not the children and I always point that out to remember that children grieve and they know what's going on. So. My life changed in a way that was very different from most of the eight-year-olds and anybody else that I was with because, number one, I had older siblings, so I was always with older people, and so my walk with Jesus wasn't like, Jesus loves me. My walk was very serious. I had my own Bible, of course, and I read it and I prayed and I prayed for comfort for myself and I could hear my parents crying at night and watch them grieving during the day so I had a dependence on Jesus that was very different than most eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-olds so when I was 14 I was at a camp which was a family camp not like a little children's camp and the Lord gave me a vision of himself And so I didn't think anything different from that. I just knew that he gave it to me, so I began to share. And so over the course of the years, then he has also given me visions and dreams. And so that's where my walk with him was very different. And that's how the book came Closer Than Your Breath.
0: Okay, and we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break, which is uh, going to be shortly. So, folks, come on back in about, oh, I'd say three minutes, or you can just listen to all the commercials and help support the station. And uh, we'll be right back with our guest, Beth Marinville. Thank you very much. I'm going thanks for returning to your American heritage. Once again, I'm your host, Ed Bondarenka. And we just heard the the comeback music that says, "Turn up the radio." and talks about let freedom ring and the only the freedom that God can give. And folks, you've got to get a grasp on this that it's our founding fathers knew that our freedoms came from our Creator, and we have to turn to him. If we intend to keep those freedoms and, you know, turn up this radio, turn up other radio, turn up Ruach. You know, it talks about music that soothes the savage beast. There are times when I am ready to destroy my television. The State of the Union was one of those times. Fortunately, I turned it off in time and the the monitor survived, you know. But then, hey, if you want to listen to some soothing music, go to ruach dot live i know i'm mispronouncing it you know pastor rick fancies himself a scholar he told me yeah. no he doesn't fancy himself he is fancy so okay whatever but i i can butcher hebrew better than anybody on this planet and um so anyways our host our host our guest beth beth pronounce your last name for me correctly please Moranville, Moranville. there you go. Oh, I got to give it that Southern accent too, Moranville. Not that I'm mocking anybody. I lived in the South for a few years. Actually, my mom lived in the South for a few years too. So regardless, um, we're talking about uh, Beth uh, and her experience that led to her book. And um, um, the the book is Closer Than Your Breath. And that's a scripture reference in itself, isn't it?
2: Yes, actually it is the way that do you want me to tell how that particular how the title came because that's one of the words that God gave me. Do you want me to share that or do you want me to wait? No, go ahead. We got time. Okay. So, the way that the the book came was because of what I had gone through and my daughters and I had gone through and in some ways are still going through and wide open to God's healing, but at the hands of the good old boys. And so the Lord told me during that time that I was going to write a book, and and I will step back from that and say, I penned what the Lord told me to say as best as I understood Him to say, but it was also on words and visions that He had given me when I didn't think that I could Literally, Ed, I didn't think I could live 60 more seconds. The pain was so great at the hands of these politicians. And so he he gave me that on a plane that he was going to give me a book to write. So I knew that that was coming, but in so much pain, I didn't know how the Lord was going to accomplish that. But he always brings to completion what he, he calls out to do, right? So... Mm-hmm. I, um, I was in a place where they had uh, taken my children. I had been home, a home, I married when I was eighteen. So let me just go on record as saying that as I look back at that, I don't recommend that an eighteen-year-old young woman or an eighteen-year-old uh, boy marry. There's so much to learn about life. Um, And I believe the Lord has a maturity that he likes to bring us into. He wants to bring us into. But that's what I did because I was so afraid that I was going to disappoint God if I did something prior to marriage, um, then he calls us as his children to do or not do. So I got married and I had been married almost 27 years, 26 years when my husband told me that he wanted a divorce. And. Um, we had two daughters and we had a beautiful home and he was a banker in a small Southern town. And so I didn't know that there was such a thing as um, the good old boys. Now remember my brother was a Marine. So I bled red, white, and blue, and I still am a fierce, strong American, but I didn't know that such a thing could happen to women. And so he hired an attorney who was also part, uh, he had been, a the guy had been a judge and then he was, um, taken down for uh, drunk driving, but he was also very good friends with a judge at that time. And what I didn't know was that the judges uh, could be paid off and that the attorneys were paid to actually just make happen whatever needed to happen. So that's what was happening in my situation because I had been a stay at home mother to take care of my family and to help my husband build his career and um, volunteer in the community and just be a a part of what I believed that a wife and mother would do and so when he decided that he was going to have make this divorce happen he said he had had it planned for a long time. But when I went back to work, which was the job that we were talking about a few minutes ago, when I was repping a show, then he decided he would push through this plan that he had had. And what I came to find out is that it is something that they do to women, especially stay-at-home mothers and women. And so he pushed it through. So my children, at the hands of this judge... Mm -hmm. Republican judge, might I add, Ed. we can't be so careful that the Republicans are people of um, respect. Always. We have to really hold their feet to the fire Mm -hmm. that they serve us. And so um, they took they made me leave my house first. They made me live in the basement and then um, would lock me out so I couldn't go upstairs. And then they made me um, leave without anything except my van and um, any kind of money that I had, and which was really little to none because I was so dependent on my husband as a stay-at-home wife and mother. And then um, most of all, what they did that just about killed me, and that is the plan, because this is a template that they use. Um, they took my children, and he had promised me that if I didn't go along with him, that he would do that, that he would destroy my reputation, and he would uh, take my children, and so he did it, and so when we talk about Satan coming to steal, kill, and to destroy, he'll go at you at the ways he knows are the hardest, right?
0: I've seen this movie, you know, I mean, this is is a common story. I'm not I'm not belittling your experience, but you are not alone in this, obviously. How did God deliver you from this?
2: Well, he began to give me those words. Um, I didn't have a place to live. The judge put me out with nothing but my van and a suitcase, but I had friends who obviously um, strong Christian women that the Lord put around me. And so I was living with um, one of my friends And he would just, the Lord would give me these words. And so the way, sorry, I jumped away from the way that closer than your breath came, but I was crying out to him one night because these were my babies. These were my children. My daughter had just turned 14 and and one was 16. And all that was part of the plan too, because in Georgia law at the time at 14, a child could decide where he or she wanted to live. And my children were just being given everything that they wanted to To cause them to want to continue on with these um, plans. And um, so anyway, I was crying out to the Lord one night and I was saying, where are you? And then in a way that I had never said before, because remember I accepted Jesus when I was eight and I had gone through hell with losing my brother and watching my parents. And so I said, are you? And it was like, he came this close. Right away, he came to me and he said, Remember when your daughters were little and when one came and she would have, she would be sick and you would know as the mother that she was sick because you could tell in her eyes? And I said, Yes, sir. And I was saying, Yes, sir, not just because I'm a Southerner, but yes, sir, because his presence was so big. And then he said, and remember when your other daughter would come to you and you could tell by looking at her cheeks that she was sick because he knows us all, right? He knows us individually. And so he knew that one daughter I could tell in her eyes, one daughter I could tell in her cheeks when she was sick. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, remember when they would be sick and you would pull them into the bed with you and you would just have them right there so you could reach over and touch them during the night and check on them? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, remember when they were little and you would go up and you would put your hand on their chest just to make sure that they were breathing? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, remember when they were so tiny and innocent and you would go in and you would look at them and you couldn't tell that they were breathing because know how little innocent babies will, it looks like they're not breathing. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, I mean, at that point, Ed, he brought me right to, he came right to my face and he said, I am closer than your breath. I know exactly what you're going through and I will never leave you or forsake you. And his power and his presence was so big that I literally, how close do you have to be? I mean, if you put your hand up to your mouth, how close do you have to get to feel your own breath, right? that that's how close that he is. And so that's how the title came. And it's one of the chapters in the book. And so I don't take any credit for anything in this book as being mine. The only thing that's me is that I took dictation for the words that he gave me that carried me through these times when I literally did not think or want to live. You don't take a woman's children away from her. And so that was the the way that the the book came and the Lord had given me a word when I was on a plane that I was going to write a book and it came through a guy who was um, sitting beside me. And even the story of that is one of those things that it is just God, just God. So.
0: <laughs> and and folks, that book is called closer than your breath a book of hope. It's available at Amazon. Uh, I encourage you to to check it out. It's, there's there's techniques in there for for getting hope in the face of divorce and personal tragedies. Uh, we've got a couple of callers who've been patient. Uh, we have, of course, uh, Joe from Wyandot. That's mandatory or obligatory. I'm not quite sure which it is, but Joe has a, a comment about uh, about your website. Joe? Okay.
3: Yeah. First, Ed, uh, to address your top of the hour, thank you. For putting forth the facts of Ukraine and Putin and, it, and Biden, it's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray there, unlike the Putin apologists who are useful idiots and just regurgitate his uh, stuff he says. But he's not your friend, people. He's not, he doesn't care about American Christians. He says it to make a fool of you. But, It's to your guests. I see on your website, and I listened, uh, I see you're broadcasting at just like 96 kbps to save bandwidth. But I listened through speakers, and the sound quality is still very good. But I also saw on the website, so I'm getting to a question, you say you've been streaming continuously for 307 days. I'm interested in hearing a little background on the Countless days and nights I'm sure you put in researching and building to the moment that you were able to start streaming.
2: Okay, that is a, uh, uh, tell me again your name, Joe? Uh, Joe, Joe from Wyandotte. <laughs> hey Joe, I'm Beth from Winder. so when the lord calls you to do something he provides what you need to get it done right and so the the way that all of the technical part of it was done and i used to kid my program directors when i was repping my shows that my technical abilities you could fit into a thimble but my husband is well versed and the Lord has brought us an amazing engineer. And then also for the way that Ruach.live is delivered, it's through the stream that um, the guy who developed the Beats headsets developed. And so it's also well, available through... Um, so I'm trying
3: qu- quality, even with such a small bit rate. Because I'm a retired IT guy, so the technical aspect I I love and and I agree with your calling. I've written a book. I felt called to put out now that'll be coming out soon. So I'm right there with you. We we need That's to
2: wonderful.
3: be. A servant of the Lord and put forth what he is calling us to do at these tough times. And again, yes. the quality of your broadcast is so wonderful. Thank you so much for it. And without, take, take care, God bless. Thank you so much. It's HLS, my
0: husband just
2: told me in the background. Um sorry. I have
0: one complaint about the phone app. Make the play button bigger. Okay. Complaint. I I struggle with that. That that would be it. Thank so you. we have a call from Mark from Howell. Let's see what I, what Mark wants to know. Mark?
4: Thank you, Ed. At the end of your show, give out the link to, I believe it's Beth, your guest, um, so I can look that up and get involved with that. Um, I'm always adding uh, many things every day here um, and and segueing those out to others. So this, this is great news. Now, I just want to ask Beth, I've... I, I, You've given me a segue today with Ruach, uh, you're, you're, the breath, the breath in Christ, the breath that we are lacking in many regards. Coming from the Roman Catholic Church, I have a lot of issues going all the way up to the Pope. Um, we won't get into those right now. Um, but uh, I, I look at the confusion. When the Internet first came out, I said it's going to be the devil's advocate. And I still hold that to, to the, today. I was telling people they were looking at me like I was crazy. Well, I think we know it's the devil's advocate in many ways. I look at today and the confusion it imposes upon us in our daily lives, 24-7, 365, as the, the Tower of Babylon. And now that you brought this breath of fresh air in Christ, in Ruach, do you see that we are breathing in more? I, I feel we need to politics is one thing we're always talking about our elected officials and elections but i think it's bigger than this i think it's much bigger and i want to just uh leave with this and i'll let you speak on that from ezekiel 813 he said also to me you will see still greater abominations which they commit and i will uh sign off and listen to your comment thank you
0: Well, thanks for your call, Mark. And I'd like to say that Ruach is spelled R-U-A-C-H, R-U-A-C-H dot live. And that's, of course, L-I-V-E. So uh, hmm, I have an incoming call. I hope that's not too loud in the microphone. Somebody doesn't know better. (laughs) So um, let's see, Beth, back to you. Did you want to address anything that Mark had to say?
2: yes absolutely it's interesting before the lord had told us ruach we live in california and i will say to people who think that california is chinafornia worst place on earth that yes the politics are horrendous and demonic but the warriors that are boots on the ground here are absolutely cannot be missed. I've lived all over this country and the opportunity to link arms and link hearts and fight for what's happening in California as well as across the earth is a privilege and we're honored to do that. And so you may remember back in April of 2020 we had thousands of freedom-loving patriots at the Capitol in Sacramento. And there were people, including pastors, who were arrested that day. And Gavin Newsom pushed everybody off of the property of the Capitol and said that it was private property and that we could not stand there. And so when I asked Jesus, where was he in that? What happened? what culminated out of the the vision and it's like there's a screen going across, across the top of my head like I'm watching a video when he shows me these things and what he showed me was Jesus high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and that what was happening in the supernatural was that he began to blow. I did not I was not thinking about Ruach, I wasn't thinking about the breath of God at all, although I should have with closer than your breath, how important I know that is. But what the Lord showed me was that as He began to blow, that what was happening in the supernatural was that there are powerful angels that are warring on our behalf and that as Jesus blew every demon everyone coming against Jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and so as he blew the angels wings began to go forward which is what we saw with CHP California Highway Patrol that day that Gavin Newsom had put in place to push the Americans to push the Californians off the Capitol property that as the angels wings went forth these demons and all these ones coming against everything that Jesus stands for and what he died on the cross to give us that the breath of God was blowing those demons down and I could see that their knees were having to bow their tongues were having to confess that Jesus is Lord so with as horrible as everything that's happening that we're seeing in the supernatural we know that things are happening that will be they it will be what God said it will be and so every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess, and that was coming from the breath of God as well.
0: Wow, you know, and and I was thinking as you were speaking, I was thinking of heroes like uh, Pastor John MacArthur and Pastor Rob McCoy. They're in California. Of course, yeah. we've had Pastor Arthur on this show a few times in in Calgary, yeah. Alberta, and and it's not always peaches and cream you That's can't right. be heroic until the times call for a hero you Absolutely. can't be courageous until it's time to have courage and so yeah. the pressure's going to come we're going to see pressure come in the days to come and we must know who we can rely on and how we can rely on him to see us through
2: Yes. I was with Pastor Rob last week at the People's Convoy as we were getting ready. We left Atalano, California, and we went, to, we went as far as New Mexico with them. And I was also on the phone with his daughter yesterday. Pastor Arter's been to our house. We love them very much. There are so many patriots and so many Jesus-loving patriots. It's time. We have to stand up as believers. We can't sit back and watch our nation take taken over just because we don't want to get involved. If we don't get involved, we will lose our nation. And I believe that what we're seeing happen is happening because we sat back. So you get what you get when you act like you act.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: I have red Uh hair. Can you tell how passionate I am? (laughs) (laughs) I've also had DNA testing done by a doctor that I didn't even ask for to do it. And it came back that I have Viking blood. So yeah, there you go. I'm a fighter.
0: (laughs) Do you know Neil Maumann?
2: Neil Maumann, I know that name. Why do I know his name?
0: Uh, Every Black Life Matters, and he goes to Rob McCoy's church.
2: Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, yes. I've had him on the show a few times. I really enjoy talking to him. So
2: yes, in fact, we are very good. When you said you're
0: working with you, I wondered if it was Neil.
2: So, we're a tight knit a group minute. here. Pardon me. We're a tight knit group for the Warriors in California. We're a tight knit group.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's what we need as Warriors. Another, another um, uh, song I play as a uh, uh, comeback music is a uh, it's from the movie Courageous. We must be courageous, you know. And so yes got about 30 seconds left before the music starts. Derek's letting me know. And then uh, Pastor Rick is insisting that you call back at 2.30, that we'll, we will call you at 2.30. Will that be all right
2: with you? Yes, that's perfect. I love all that. Right. I love an opportunity to talk about Jesus.
0: Excellent. So folks, join us uh, in the next hour with a, a moment of clarity. Seems like we're going to carry on this conversation. Thanks for joining us on Your American Heritage. Come back next week and uh God bless America, and America bless God. And now, more with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham!
1: Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Pistons defeated the Toronto Raptors 108-106 this past Thursday. Jeremy Grant scored 26 points, buried 8 field goals, and nailed 8 free throws, while Sadiq Bey tallied 23 points, drained 8 shots, and grabbed 6 rebounds, and Cade Cunningham accumulated 22 points, 12 of which came behind the 3-point line, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. Grant, Bay, and Cunningham received support from Hamadou Diallo and Isaiah Stewart, who combined for 21 points, 8 successful field goals, 5 made free throws, and 12 rebounds. Detroit outscored Toronto by 12 at the 3-point line and 9 in points off turnovers. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. (laughs)
5: And Pastor Rick Dietering here, we are back. Uh, Exodus 3.14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Folks, I don't know if I am sent me to you, but the radio waves at Wayam Radio sent me to you and to your living space and to your listening pleasure. Uh, Folks, please reach out to Family Life Services. I uh, commandeered. Ed Bandereka's guest from his show, Beth, who is uh, with Ruach Radio, and as soon as I heard her mention Ruach and how she got it, and she's telling her story, all the way through, I said she is going to steal my thunder because I have something that's just going to blow her away when this, and she may or may not have realized it, but she didn't, and um, she is with Ruach Radio, and you know it means spirit, it means breath. All right. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God, and he He is God. Do not take away from God, as some calls would like to do. And, and Ruach is beautiful. That verse I just read, uh, where it says, I am who I am, and then tell him, I am set you, gives us the tetragrammaton. Uh, for those of you who out there don't know what that is, is, four letters, no vowels. That is the name of God. Um some people say it as Jehovah. Some people would be wrong because the Jews didn't have J or the the, the Wa in it is not a vav. It's not pronounced it as a V. It's pronounced it as a W. And uh, if you want it to be a V, it's got to be a bet, a soft bet, and that'll be V. And then it changes the whole thing all over. And you have to rewrite the Bible and that's just going to take too much time. We're not going to do that. So it's Yahweh uh, is the way Folks, we say no it. Bad. But that Don't would be wrong. Out. But, but, With that being said, it's not even Yahweh. And this is the wonderful thing. It's not even pronounceable as a word. The name of God, as in the Bible, that if you're reading the King James Bible, every place where you see the word Lord in all caps is Y-H-W-H. In Hebrew, what we say, Yahweh. Now this is the kicker. It's not pronounced that way. The sound of Yahweh is that of a breath. The letters put together when you say it, the name of God is a breath. The Y-H is an inhale and Yahweh. And with that being said, when you take the child, the first thing a child does coming out of the womb is to take a breath. When you uh, sit back and and you are frustrated with something, what do you do? You take a deep sigh, a deep breath. You are saying the name of God and not even realizing that you're praying. And we're told not to take or carry the name of God in vain. And every breath you take, you're saying the name of God. Don't do it in vain. So as you have this, this as close as the name of your book again, Beth? closer than your breath closer than your breath the breath is the name your breath is saying the name of god isn't that neat it's i amazing. wanted to share that with you
2: it is so amazing we were years ago when uh, doc and i lived in colorado we were at a church service and our pastor was playing someone who was talking about
5: <sighs> yep <sighs>
2: So when the Lord said, fast forward, all those years later that he wanted us to put a stream, a radio stream on the air called Ruach, it grabbed our hearts immediately because you know how God will do it? That he prepares something a long time ago, a long time before, and then he just waits to use it. So we had already heard that word and he had just prepared our hearts to go, oh yeah, that's it. And the Holy Spirit grabbed my husband's heart like you would not believe sitting at that table that night, when the Lord said, Ruach.
0: <laughs> well, go ahead. Ed. You know, Genesis 2, 7, uh, and the Lord God formed man of the slime of the earth and breathed into his face the breath of life and man became a living soul.
5: Yes. You, th- you think about everything we go through, when we're in pain, our breathing changes. Each breath that we take, depending on the mood you're in, the, the part of life you're in, the last thing you do when, when you pass away, it's not an inhale, it's an exhale. Yeah. It, every From birth, the first thing that happens is an inhale, not an exhale. The very first thing that happens with the child coming out is, is an inhale. The last thing is an exhale. So the breath is complete at all times. Ooh, um, I think we're
2: gonna have to use that one, Pastor Rick
5: on ruach we're gonna have to talk about that <laughs> oh
0: please do and, and the first uh,
2: person, sorry
0: go ahead ed oh no rick was either way i don't i can wait uh, I was just uh, gonna... <laughs> okay go ahead <laughs> three people here all all alpha talkers so well <laughs> oh, i was just gonna say that uh very quickly no wonder that the demonic forces wanted to put masks on our face and Absolutely. restrict the breath
2: one thousand percent one thousand percent to shut us up and the scripture the first time that ruach is ever in the bible is actually the second verse in the book of genesis genesis one two the earth was without form and void and the darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god or the breath of god the ruach of god was hovering over the face of the waters before there ever was even a breath to be taken by us as human beings, he was already
5: and, there. And and the and the the sound of that breath of God is the sound of a breath that he gives his name. And that's actually how you pronounce Yahweh in the Tetragrammaton. Once you get all the vowels and everything else, there there is no other way of pronouncing it. Yeah.
0: I thought the Jews were not allowed to pronounce the name of God, and that's why they went to the Tetragrammaton.
5: Well, no, no, no. They went to Lord to take out the Tetragrammaton because they're not allowed to write it. The Jews will not write the Tetragrammaton. They will not write it.
0: I'll have to find that study Bible I had and throw it yeah. away. Okay.
5: Yeah, it's, uh no, they they, they will put in Adonai, all mm-hmm. in caps. Well, the King James puts it all in caps. The Jews will put in Adonai for for Lord in in the place of the uh, tet- Tetragrammaton. Uh, th- the same as they won't even say God, they'll put G hyphen D um, because they don't want to do it. What they don't realize, every breath they take, they are saying the name of God. Now, are they saying it in vain? In other words, folks, every breath you take, you better be doing it for God because if you're not doing it for God, you're taking his name in br- vain with every breath you take. I want you to think about that next time you inhale or exhale or both. Try Ooh, to travel It better that way. Yeah.
2: I'm taking notes here, y'all. I'm a <laughs> note taker.
5: <laughs> That's okay. And uh, so as as you were talking about it and, and that whole idea of uh, now, now, Here's the wonderful thing is, uh, Ed and I don't agree on everything theologically, but you know, Jesus said, when people came up to Jesus and said, hey, there's other people casting out demons and stuff in your name. And he says, hey, um, if they're they're for us, they're not against us, right? (laughs) So uh, we all believe in the sanctification of Jesus Christ. We all believe in salvation through Jesus Christ. And we can agree on that. I just think it's really wonderful that when we can talk about the breath of God, whether your book, Keeping Your Children, or anything else, uh, when we talk about the breath of God, we have to understand that that means much more than just a word on a page. Absolutely. It is, we are, when, when as you say, when we are, uh, when, when God is closer to us than our breath, he is our breath. Everything that we, we say his name multiple times throughout the day, and it should be done with praise.
2: And for me, it wasn't just that I was breathing. I believe that he was resuscitating me over and over because in my flesh, I didn't think I could live. I didn't want to live. But the Ruach, the breath of God breathed for me during those times when I, I literally might have just gone ahead and died. I understand when people are at the place when they are so desperate with suicide and wanting to just to leave, to, to take it all and just be done with it because that's where Satan brings us to, to take our very life and breath away. And I get that. I understand now why even then when I went through that, that the Lord was gonna need me to use my voice and breathe in and out to speak that understanding of that desperation and that he is there, God is there. Yahweh, the breath of God, Ruach is breathing through us and he stands ready to breathe that life and hope back into us.
5: Now to take 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 a little bit more still trying to blow your mind Beth with with all this great stuff okay uh, in Hebrew we have a commandment to not take the name of your God in vain. Now a lot of us put that to say that it means don't just don't 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 curse with it or anything else or just don't call it out and everything else that actually in the Hebrew what it means is don't carry his name in vain. We carry the name of the third person of the Godhead as we walk around. We say we're Christian. We are carrying the name of Christ. We better not do that in vain. The name of God, we are not to carry in vain. We say his name often. None of it should be in vain. So when we say we are gods, when we say we're his children, when we say that we are, we belong to Christ, we cannot carry that in vain, which means without, with emptiness. So every breath we take cannot be in emptiness. It has to let our God shine. We have got to give Him the glory. We have got to give Him the praise with everything we do. Because the second we stop doing that, we're carrying His name in vain. And the commandment says not to
2: preach. Preach, Pastor Rick. That's what we say. Preach.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified that about taking the name. It's like it's like taking the name of of uh, taking a label on yourself. And yes. then not acting like it. That is when you're in vain. It's empty. It's And it's. It God hates that. He absolutely, in fact, he forbids it. Like, don't even take my name. It's a trademark violation. If you take my name and you're not one of mine, you're going to pay for it. Oh, by and the if way, if you're
5: abusing his name, friend, if you're abusing his name, yes, that's taken in vain too. But how you live, your, live your life Yeah, is also, yeah. are you taking it in vain? A friend of ours,
0: a, a Jewish fellow, uh, just texted me, you you know him also. And he says that the, the Orthodox won't even say Adonai unless actually praying, they will use Hashem, meaning the name. Right.
5: But I'm, I'm saying that's why we have Adonai now in the in the Old Testament, in, the, in our Bibles. It's a, it's a carryover um, of not trying to abuse the name of Yahweh. But we say the name of Yahweh multiple times a day. And what I want to make people aware of and why I had Beth call in is part of this awareness that she's talking about the breath of God and everything else is coming to it. I think a combination of that brings us to this conversation today. That as we breathe, we are calling out the name of God. When we take that heavy sigh, when we're in trouble, yeah, when we are in trouble and we take that heavy sigh, we're calling out the name of God. When we are crying and we go, You know, that deep inhale that you get, shaking it, that we are calling out the name of God as it is pronounced in Hebrew, as it's given to the Jewish people. And we better not be doing it in vain. We have got to strive. It's called sanctification in the Christian life. If we are truly sanctified, if we're truly his, then we shouldn't be doing anything in vain. Everything that we should be doing should be towards his glory, his glory alone. His praise alone, you know? You got you got the picture, folks? So thank you for having Ruach Radio. Because again
2: It's it's actually Ruach, which is R-U-A-C-H dot Live. And we have an app and the thing that <clears throat> excuse me, the thing that the Lord said to my husband was that this is not to be a traditional Christian radio station. And I'll just go out on a limb here and say that I've spent a lot of time around Christian radio and that it's easy to get caught up into the J-E dollar sign, U dollar sign of using the name of Jesus as just another way to make money. And so the Lord said that this is to be about Him and not about money. And that we are to say, preach, talk the name of Jesus over and over and over, and it's not about us, and it's not gonna have all the same kind of songs. The Lord said he's doing something different and new. Were you saying something, Ed, or were you praising God? No,
0: I, I well that too, but I was gonna add I was gonna interject something here. What you were just talking about, like the monetization of Christianity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever heard of the book Escape from Christendom?
2: No, I haven't, but I'll take oh, notes right now and write it oh down. Oh my goodness,
0: it's I actually scanned it when it went out of print. I scanned it and I made a PDF out of it. And I was, uh, you know, it was copyright violation, but if somebody won't keep it in print, you know, I wanted people to see this. Now you can you can read it online. It's about a pilgrim's journey, and he's he's basically looking for the city of God. And they say, oh no no no, you've reached a uh, uh, Christian City. City of God, that's a different place. And so he sets off on a journey through these various wildernesses on his, I'm getting choked here. Yeah. On his approach to the city of God. And it's it's quite enlightening. Christian city is a whole different place than the city
1: of God.
2: Ooh, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have to find that because that is, wait a minute, Christian city versus city of mm. God. Okay. No, I'm it's not- called
0: Escape. Escape from Christendom. And it's by Robert Burnell, Escape from Christendom.
2: Okay. I'm going to go and find it because doc, my husband just said that it's still available on paperback, in paperback. Oh,
0: good. They must have reprinted it. That's great. Good.
2: Well, and, and for me, that's who I have to answer to God for what we're using the airwaves for. And because of for what I have walked through in my life. I know that I'm not the only one that's desperate. I know that we have suicide rates higher than they have ever been before in history that's counting what's going on. And there cannot be a waste of the airwaves that when we speak that we are to speak the word of God. And he was very clear to my husband and me in the in the book of Psalms that says he sent his word and he healed them. And so the words that we're to be speaking are not just words that we come up with, which, you know, we are. We are we love our people, we love who's listening, but and I want to give people hope, but the hope and the way of escape and the healing comes from the word of God, the Bible. So even when we're on Ruach for people who are used to listening to Christian radio, they might be like, Um, okay, what's she talking about? Because if I'm gonna share a scripture from um Matthew, then I'll say, This is a scripture from the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, which is one of the Gospels of Jesus, which is the good news. It was the time that Jesus was on the air because the Lord said to me, if you use this time and you only speak to Christians and we know Christians need encouragement, we do, but so many, the research is showing how many people have walked away from the church and how many people have never even darkened the doorways and won't if they don't hear about Jesus. So when we're sharing, it's not just, jesus to jesus christian to christian it's to the people who don't know and who are lost and dying and desperate and may not feel like they could take even one more breath so that's what the purpose of ruach.live being on the air is for is to reach people who are desperate in whatever place of their walk are across the world actually that's so cool so exciting
5: so we got two people on the line, and I'm okay. going to ask both of our callers to try to keep it short because we are running out of time, and I want to make sure I have time to make my final statement and everything else. So, uh, Joe, real quick, you want a comment about Christian radio?
3: Yeah, this is not your typical Christian radio, as she's saying. it, Like your local... Christian station that, you know, maybe broadcasts over one state, city and plays the local choir doing hymns. These are broadcast studio album quality tunes that can cross the country and pop charts that even your kids can listen to and appreciate and absorb something positive for a change. Love your brothers. Right. you, brothers. Take care. God bless.
4: Yep. Walter. Thank you.
6: How you doing, hey, Walter? Pacific. Great, guys. Thanks for your guests, yourself, and for clarifying how to really spell the name of Almighty God in the Hebrew. But anyway, to back up what you are saying about taking God's name in vain, i got a scripture to back that up in an example real quick. Titus one sixteen. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. I looked that word up, uh, deny, in a... Greek before in my strong, exhausted concordance. It might not come across as you guys think, but the interpretation in Greek was denying him is contradicting by your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a Christian. What church do you go to? I go to church. You go to church? What's the name of your church? You hear that kind of talk. But anyway, um, I find it a big problem nowadays, more than ever, is people carrying the name of God in Christ and cussing up a storm. Dropping the F-bomb on your head, your feet, your whole body, other than the other bomb, the real literal bomb. They're dropping that using the S-H word, foul language, nonstop, and say praise the Lord afterwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: All right. Thank you, so Walter. Always, always appreciate your calls. Yeah, Ed?
0: I'd just like to say, I am not, don't get me wrong, I am not knocking Christian radio, uh, terrestrial Christian radio uh-huh. at all. I mean... They're like uh, WMUZ locally. It's it's they're great great guys ministering on it. It's a uh, local pastors that broadcast their shows on there, just like we broadcast our shows here on WHAM. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not knocking that at all.
5: I actually appreciate Wham Radio, and I got to tell you this. Wham Radio, everyone knows, is is not a Christian radio station. And years ago, I was talking to the lovely Linda Hughes, uh, and uh, I wanted to come on and talk about abortion. Do you know how impossible it is to go on a secular radio station and talk about abortion? They laugh at you when you tell them they want to do it, but not Wham Radio. They said, please come and do exactly that. And... Uh, It's been a wonderful since 2010 uh, uh, journey I've had with Wham Radio. And uh, so radio serves a purpose and God, if Satan can use the radio, so you can bet God can too.
2: Yeah, we have to be careful in everything that we do, that we examine ourselves and what is the reason for whatever it is that we're doing. Because it can be Christian radio, or it can be anything else. It's our motives that we have to be so careful about and check our hearts, right?
5: I, I, I say that, and and again, this is, it's okay that we don't always agree on everything. Is I'm always very careful uh, because I don't want to take God's name in vain of saying what God told me to do or what God didn't tell me to do. Because if it's not from Him boy i just lied about my savior right and so but i can always know that the bible is the word of god and we can always find the answer and and folks yeah. if you if you're hearing something you think it's coming from the word of god all i will say is this if that's within your theology and that's your break if it's not in agreement with scripture right. it's wrong all <laughs> right mm-hmm. just absolutely right. let's leave it there so right. um um and uh, i think if we, as a country, started spending more attention of really, by my by the definition that I get from the Bible, of not taking the Lord's name in vain, it would make this country so much stronger. Mm. It would then again turn its eyes back towards God. If they, if these atheists and these these soft what I call soft Christians, which are so wrapped up in religiosity over over Christ himself, they'd rather have the religiosity than have Jesus himself. If they would just start realizing by claiming that they're with each breath, crying out God's name, maybe, maybe it could change your heart. And if you're listening to this show today, and there's been something that's helped you out, and you realize that you've been calling on God, even when you didn't realize it,
2: Mm
5: -hmm. you know that through every problem you have, you've been calling out his name. And uh, now that you know that, I hope as you go through those times of struggles, those times those times of stress, those times uh, of burden and worry, and as we face a world going into World War III and you're, you got all these worries about going on, just know every breath you take is a prayer. And with that note, folks, have a blessed day, and we'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity.
0: listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham! Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham! Radio.